Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. Living Christ and magnifying Christ in whatever circumstance is the message of the book of Philippians. Thank you for tuning in today, and you're in for a precious treat as this is our first program from the Life Study of Philippians. And here with us to help introduce this marvelous book is Dick Taylor. Dick, welcome back to the broadcast. Thanks, Brother Chris. And like you said, marvelous book. What a precious book is the book of Philippians. Well, I would say today's a happy day, really, here at uh, Life Study of the Bible, because Philippians uh, is a very special book for this ministry because it relates so much, so specifically, to the experience of Christ. There are two phrases I'd like to read, Dick, which really represent the basic concept of the entire book of Philippians and also this life study. The first phrase is found in chapter 1, verse 20. It says, Christ will be magnified in my body. Amen. And that is not a doctrine uh, by any means, is it? No, not at all. The second is found in the next verse, and it says, to me, to live is Christ. Amen. So we have magnifying Christ and living Christ as the big subjects. And I believe uh, we both hope and pray that all of our listeners will get into and appreciate these items. Let's join Witness Lee right now, and uh, we'll let him introduce this book, and then you and I will come back to have some more fellowship. Four books in the Scriptures should be considered the heart of the divine revelation. And uh, these four books are Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. We are now on the book of Philippians. This book is a particular book, altogether on experience. Among these four books, which are the heart of the divine revelation, three Ephesians, Galatians, and Colossians. They all give us some doctrine. And then they all give us some experiences. But strictly speaking, this book is not on doctrine. It is on experiences. And on experiences of Christ. Christ shall be magnified in me. And to me, to live is Christ. I like these two words. These two words could be and should be considered representative sentences of this book. This book just charges us to magnify Christ. To magnify Christ is to uh, express Christ 
in a uh, larger scale to uh, express Christ by having him enlarged and uh, to live Christ. This is practically our daily life. Our daily life should be one that lifts Christ. Ethical teachings all the time charge people to live something ethical, something humble, something kind, something lovely. But this book doesn't charge us to live those things. It charges us to live Christ. Christ has to be our humility. Christ has to be our kindness. Christ has to be our loveliness. Christ has to be everything in our living. Well, Dick, let's stop right here. There are a lot of Christian messages given about things like humility and ethics and loveliness and kindness, but let's look at the phrase that he gave us at the end of his speaking here. Christ has to be everything in our living. Help us with this. This is marvelous, Chris. What he wants is an expression of his son. So surely our goal and our aim in our Christian life is not just to live out virtues or ethics, but to live Christ. Like you mentioned, Christ has to be everything in our living. For example, he would be our love, our love for our wife. For to me, to love my wife is Christ. Our gentleness should be Christ. God's goal is not that we just have a bunch of virtues. If you want a virtue such as humility, a genuine virtue such as patience, you need Christ. So this precious phrase is, for to me, to live is Christ. May all our living just be this marvelous, precious Christ. Dick, this is a a realization that it's hard to explain. It's hard to quantify how meaningful and valuable it can be in our Christian life to see Christ himself as the reality of all these things rather than to uh, view these things separately and independently as goals that we should uh, have or carry out as Christians, isn't it? Surely it is. And I tried to have all these things in my Christian life until I came under this ministry. In this ministry, I was brought to Christ as the reality of all these things. And I'm so happy, and all of you who are listening also will be so happy just to be brought to this dear, precious Christ. Well, we began the program, Dick, introducing really these two phrases that uh, become the subject matter or the main items in the book of Philippians. Let's pick up this second one now. Christ will be magnified in my body. We heard Witness Lee say that to magnify Christ means to express him on a larger scale or to have his expression enlarged. Maybe you could touch this for a moment. In the eyes of the unbelieving people, Christ Jesus is so small and so tiny But the Lord's desire is that we who are his believers would experience him. Philippians is a book on the experience and enjoyment of Christ. The more we experience him and enjoy him under any circumstances, the more the apparently small Jesus is enlarged, magnified, and expressed so that he would have a testimony on this earth. I always enjoy the testimony of Paul when he was in prison in Philippi. To those who threw him into prison, to the jailer who was in charge, Jesus was nobody. But through Paul and Silas, by their enjoying and experiencing Christ and living Christ, this apparently little Jesus was enlarged, magnified, testified, and expressed. 
This is God's desire that we would live Christ and we would magnify Christ under any and all circumstances. I think this point is going to be developed uh, tremendously as these messages unfold. Uh, Let's go back to Witness Lee now. We're going to hear the background of the book of Philippians, and we really can see this in all four chapters. Here is Witness Lee once again. Now, let's come to the background of this book. According to the four chapters, the background of this book is of four things. Number one, at that time, the Judaizers, those religious Jews, these are not evil people. These are religious people. So, wherever God's gospel went, these Judaizers, they caused the trouble. So Paul was compelled to say, beware of dogs. This is one of the, uh, one point of the background. And the other, the second, some did preach Christ. Uh, these are the better to the others. Not that much damaging of the church, yet they still brought in their background. They still brought in some part, at least, certain amount of their Jewish religion into the church life. So they preached Christ in a way that they did it in rivalry with Paul. So the persecution came. Then thirdly, a good point, very good, the Philippian believers participating with the Apostle Paul in the furtherance of the gospel. The Philippian believers were participating in the furtherance of the gospel. It means they were partaking of the move of God's economy on this earth. The gospel is the entire economy of God. Read through the four chapters and pick up the major points and put them together. Then the total is the gospel. The gospel is God's economy concerning God's move on this earth. Oh, those Philippian believers, they were much blessed because they participated in the furtherance of these higher, wider, and deeper gospel. Not so low, so narrow, so superficial as today's gospel preached by another category of preachers. Just like those who preached Christ in rivalry with Paul. They didn't care for God's economy. But there were a number of believers in Philippi. They participated in the trading, the furtherance of God's economical gospel. Now, the fourth point of the background. Some dissension existing among them. The problem was that after being regenerated in their spirit, they didn't work in one soul. Their spirit were regenerated, but their soul were not transformed. They have no problem in their spirit, but they did have some problem in their soul especially in the leading part of the soul, the mind. 
they have different thinkings. So among them were some dissensions. These four points are the background of this book. Dick, let's review these four points a little bit that give us the background of the book of Philippians. First, we have these opposing religious Jews who Paul referred to in chapter 3, verse 2, when he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. These are strong words. Yes. Uh, Then secondly, we have a group that were preaching Christ, but preaching him out of envy or in rivalry with Paul. That's in uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Thirdly, there was a positive group those who were fellowshipping unto the furtherance of the gospel with the Apostle Paul. And then finally, another negative item, the dissensions among the believers that were in Philippi, described in chapter 4, verse 2. Review these four items for us a little bit, Dick. Let me review this way, Chris. I was thinking of chapter 3, which you referred to. And you know, Paul begins this uh, chapter by saying, Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Then by verse 2 of the same chapter, he says, beware of the dogs. (laughs) It's quite something. So he's infusing the Philippian believers to do two things, rejoice in the Lord and watch out for the dogs. This gives us the background of this book, which is on living and magnifying Christ under all circumstances. So the first circumstance the believers are facing is that of the Judaizers, who were very much opposing the genuine believers who were standing for the testimony and the magnification of Christ. I still like this uh, definition of religion. These people were religious. Religion, in essence, means worshiping God without the enjoyment and experience of Christ. If you're not experiencing Christ and enjoying Christ, you will end up opposing those who enjoy Christ, live Christ, and magnify Christ. So this was the first aspect of the background. The second detail of the background involved those who were not so vicious. They were just kind of troubling dogs. You could say uh, murmuring, reasoning dogs. And those who were preaching the gospel, not in oneness with the apostle and with the believers, but in envy and kind of a strife there. So they were doing something good on one hand, but still not in the oneness. They were not joined in soul with the Apostle Paul and the other believers. In chapter 1, he says, conduct yourselves worthily of the gospel. Be in one spirit and with one soul, striving together with the faith of the gospel. The third aspect of the background is the good aspect. And this is that the believers in Philippi were in the fellowship under the furtherance of the gospel, indicating what They were living a Christ-experiencing and Christ-enjoying life. They were fellowshipping under the furtherance of the gospel, and not just a low gospel or a gospel that caused rivalry, but the gospel of God's economy. And that means God's dispensing of himself in Christ as everything into his people that they could be builded up in oneness to be the body of Christ for his expression on this earth and consummating in the New Jerusalem. So this third group of people showing the background of this epistle is very positive. They were really enjoying Christ. Anytime you were in fellowship with the apostle, with his teaching, and with one another, even joined in soul, dispensing Christ into others, your joy will be full. And finally, the fourth aspect was the dissension among the believers. 
And that's why Paul, through this epistle, charges them over and over again, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord. And there's a marvelous footnote in Philippians chapter 4 in the recovery version that says, rejoicing in the Lord affords us the strength to maintain the oneness in the Lord. So may all of us really hate dissension and join the Lord and join one another to be in the genuine oneness by rejoicing in the Lord always with no dissension among us. We hate this dissension, but we love the oneness of Christ and the oneness of his body. Well, Dick, our final portion today brings us to the subject, really, of the book of Philippians, the experience of Christ. We're going to hear one main point from each of these four chapters. Let's join Witness Lee. Now, we must come to the subject of this book. The subject of this book is the experience of Christ. I give you one point concerning each chapter. In chapter one, you have the expression of Christ. Not only expression, but also magnification. We are here not only expressing Christ, but magnifying Christ. Christ shall be magnified in my body regardless what circumstances we will be in. We have to magnify Christ. So, chapter 1 shows us how Christ is magnified, is expressed in us in a magnifying way. This is to magnify Christ in chapter 1. Then in chapter 2, Christ is our example. He's a pattern. So, the word pattern should be used. We know in doing anything, we need a model. We need a pattern. Even to experience Christ, to enjoy Christ, we need a pattern. Christ himself should be the pattern. Then, chapter 3 shows us Christ should be the goal. We, the seeking ones of the Lord, are not aimless. We do have an aim, and the aim is all through Christ. Christ must be our magnification. Christ must be our model, our pattern, and Christ must be our aim, the goal. Toward the goal, I praise. Then, lastly, in chapter 4, Christ is the strength, is the power. Paul says, I can do all things in him, empowers me. He's not only the pattern, the aim, but also the strength, the power, the dynamo. You have something dynamic within you that empowers you to live him. That power empowers you to magnify him, empowers you to raise the goal, empowers you to heat the aim. So we have the magnification, we have the pattern, we have the aim, the goal, and we have the strength, the power. Quite meaningful, right? The expression, the pattern, the goal, and the strength. We have to experience Christ in such a way, then what? Then we can overcome all the Judaizers. And also, secondly, we can discern the different preachings. 
Then, three, in order to participate in the move of God's economy, that is, in the furtherance of the gospel, we need to have more, more experiences of Christ. Then, lastly, for us to diminish, to abolish any dissension among us, we need the experience of Christ. The more experience of Christ we have, the more we abolish any kind of dissension among us. So, you see the point? This is the subject of the book. Dick, I like how this second group of four points help us to overcome the negative things that we saw in the background. Of course, there was a positive element as well. But in the moments that we have left, talk to us a little bit more about magnifying Christ, having Christ as our pattern, our example, having him as our goal and our aim, and finally, experiencing him as our strength and power. I'd like to begin, Chris, with this last one. Ultimately, Paul says that he has found the secret, and that is this empowering Christ. He's the dynamo within us. So in chapter 1, you see, to live Christ or express Christ and magnify Christ. But Christ is the secret. He's the power. He's the dynamo. By Christ himself, we're able to live him and able to magnify him under all circumstances. In chapter 2, Christ is the pattern. He's the example. He's perfect. Christ is the secret in chapter 4. He's the empowering one. He's the dynamo, enabling us to live out the pattern and to live out this example. And then thirdly, Christ himself is the unique aim and goal of the Christian life. Again, Christ is the empowering one. He's the dynamo within us to reach this goal, which is Christ himself as everything. This really helps us to take care of the background of this epistle. To overcome religion, we need this empowering Christ. To preach the gospel with no envy, but in oneness, we need this empowering Christ as our secret. And to be a person who really participates in the furtherance of the gospel, enters into this fellowship, we need Christ as our secret. Isn't it good that the gospel preaching in this epistle was not just individualistic, but the gospel preaching was corporate? Philippians is a Christ-experiencing and Christ-enjoying life, which is a gospel-preaching living in oneness with the other believers. And then lastly, of course, we need Christ as our secret to overcome any dissension, any hindrance to our oneness. The Lord would really make us one, even in our soul, by Christ himself as the empowering dynamo, the secret within us. Hallelujah for the experience and enjoyment of Christ in Philippians. Dick, we're going to see, I think the way you reordered these four points is going to really be evident as the book unfolds. This really was Paul's key. Thank you, Brother Dick. I feel uh, we've had a very good start to our life study of Philippians. I hope our listeners are able to stay with us the entire course. Let us uh, give you our toll-free number as we close today. We're out of time, uh, but I do want to point out, as we always like to, that we'd love to hear from you and tell you about the Life Study printed material that we have, as well as other books. Our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.